Welcome to the Law Firm Accounting and Tax Podcast, powered by Jetro. Each week, we bring extremely valuable accounting and tax tips specific to law firm owners. You will be on your way to growing your practice and putting more money in your pockets. Here's your host. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, Mike Jezershank, and I'm a CPA and founder over at Jetro, which is an innovative accounting firm servicing small business owners across the country. And on this week's episode, I have on Mike Hudkins, who is also a CPA on our team, who's going to be talking and and we're going to continue to go down this strategic planning roadmap. And on this specific episode, we're going to be talking about long range goals. So Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here as usual. And and, uh, right now, uh, you know, as I look out and see the sunny skies here in Florida, knowing that you have snow on the ground up there, I take a little bit of a, of a, um, a bite out of uh, this big piece of pie going with my strategic plan was to be where it's warm during the winter. Yeah, I've well, achieved some of that. Yeah, I always say that uh, you, you, I, people in, in Wisconsin where I'm located, they complain about the weather. It's too cold in the winter, too much snow, whatever it might be, but we all choose to live here. So it's times like this where we see snow on the ground and it's super cold and we're sitting in the house. We have to remember that although that's not ideal, um, our spring and fall are really fun and and really enjoyable weather. So there is a reason that we live here. Otherwise, we all have the opportunity to move and I haven't done it yet. So maybe I'm crazy. I don't know, but there's a reason that I'm still here. Uh, the, the older you get, the, the, the more the weather bothers you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What we're, uh, what we're talking about uh, in this particular podcast and in furtherance of the development of, of, uh, uh, of the previous podcast and so forth in strategic planning is, is about long-range goals. And I'd like to start this off with a quote from Henry David Thoreau. If one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with with his success unexpected in common hours. And that sort of sums up this strategic planning process. Uh, It gives you a roadmap. You know, things, you can dumb luck into stuff and it happens all the time. But, you know, I've often said the harder I work, the luckier I get. And uh, when you've, you know, you're, you're, when you're starting off on a trip, you need to have a destination before you start out. It's just that simple. And uh, oftentimes in business, that most basic premise, we sort of, we sort of omit. We just start practicing, you know, we, we, we just work hard and do better and all these kinds of things. And what, whatever happens is what we get. Well, there's a better way and a better approach to doing this. And in this course of this, this last several uh, podcasts that we've been involved in, we're just talking about strategic planning and how it will impact our future. And, and we determine then, for the most part, what our future will be or what we at least want it to be and strive to be. And uh, we've been talking about the mission statement and the vision statement. And now it's time to take a look at the the next step, which is the long-range goals, which are derivative from that that vision statement. Uh, This is the beginning, I guess, of of what we have described earlier, the reverse engineering process. Uh, And it's just, uh, as we've talked about before, it's just that process where 
if we're going on a trip, we sit down before we go on that trip and say, where are we going? Well, we're going to go to the mountains of Western North Carolina, and we're going to go there by, you know, at a certain time. And then when you look at this, you say, how long is it going to take us to get there? Where do we need to stop? Where are we going to stay when we get there? And all these things you develop this. What is, what is it going to take in time? What is it going to take in cost? Who's all in the family is going to be going? These kinds of things. It's, it's a simplification of the process, but it's, you know, it's very analogous to something like that. So what we're talking about now is we've, we've had the vision. We know where we want to go. Now we're starting to, to extract the goals that, that we need uh, to have to be able to achieve that process. Um, again, that, that reverse engineering. And th this, you know, the goals need to be very broad based. They need to identify the major issues that we have seen in the vision statement. And it's, this is very important that, that, that we, we look at this. This is the beginning of a transformation from the status quo. That's what's very important in this strategic planning process. This is not just, you know, going down the road and whatever happens, happens. That's like the, if you were to, I had a client one time, they had a, they, they had a farm, that they, a little ranch, and they called it the Blunderosa because it just had absolutely no plan for what this is going to happen. And pretty much it, 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 that's the way things turned out. Um, we need to, to look at this process and extract those goals consistent with that vision. And, uh, and the other thing is that we tend to have a tendency to do, particularly the smaller that we are, the smaller law firm that you might be, is you need to be sure that to restrict these goals so that you don't have far too many goals that you can deal with, because that can be overwhelming, uh, particularly the champion of the process, as well as many chair people, chairpersons of the various uh, task forces. And there will be from, from these goals, these long-term uh, goals that we have, we will then, we're gonna develop strategies to, to achieve these goals. And then we're gonna to develop tasks to be assigned to individual people. So this thing, it, you know, it's, it's starting to, to, to get into a virus-like uh, uh, attitude. And um, this is what it takes uh, in, in the reverse engineering process. Uh, Confining the, you know, the number of goals is very, very crucial in, in particularly in small firms. Um, these goals, as we talked about, I think, in the, in the vision uh, statement, is um, very, uh, they're often very dynamic and then they will morph with changing cir circumstances. Some goals, for instance, will have an arrival point, uh, very easily identified, such as we're going to establish a remote office in Milwaukee, that kind of thing. And you'll set up, well, there'll be a lot of different details that are involved in that, but that, that's going to be the big goal. Uh, when it happens, that, that has an arrival point. Other types of goals, um, you know, it's a, it, it, strategic planning is a perpetual process. Areas such as growth, um, you know, the follow-up process will likely include additional goals. I mean, once we get to a certain point, we're going to look at things as, as to why we did, why we, why we didn't, this kinds of stuff. Uh, but keep the firm moving in a positive direction and not resting on our loyals. These things, these goals and so forth, there'll be additional goals. They'll, the goals will, will morph and so forth. 
and will be you know changing as we go along. Um, for example, if in the vision statement we'd indicated the firm uh, we wanted the firm in a market position as one of the top three firms in the county with 25 lawyers and offices in XYZ in Milwaukee, uh, and the firm currently has 25 lawyers and is in those various counties and so forth, it really doesn't have a goal to achieve. Uh, but if it only has one location and three lawyers, then there's going to be a significant change from the status quo that's been identified. Uh, you, the other thing, when then we look at this and say we want to make sure, going back to our last uh, podcast and talking about the, the cardinal rules, we want to make sure it's achievable and not a statement of fantasy. Uh, and if that's the case, then we'll need to, to address the growth in connection with geographic areas, substantive areas of law, staffing, facilities, equipment, technology, and so forth. Uh, and again, this is the starting of the details of, of the strategic planning. So we want to be careful not to restate the firm's vision. Uh, but we're just, now we're starting to talk about how and what areas and over what specific uh, period of time this growth should occur. So th this is this is uh, going from the from the big from the, from the from very much the ten thousand foot view down to the you know to the you know thousand foot view kind of thing and then we're going to even focus in on much much more detail here uh, in the future. And I think you know as part of what we talked about last episode and we talked about vision and mission is not something you just set and forget about it. it. It creates a roadmap for what you're going to do next. And it's important to look back at that. And when you're making decisions in your firm, you're looking at those visions and your mission to make sure that you're still aligning well with that. I think that's key here. And this is an area that if you're struggling in this part, look at your vision and, and that should help create those long-term goals. And if you're creating goals that are out of line with your vision or mission, that creates an immediate kind of, aha moment to say, hey, do we need to change our vision? Or are we potentially, is this goal potentially going in a direction which we never planned for, we don't want to go, but we're just creating this goal in that area. So I think it's key in this area to look back at that vision and make sure that you're still being well aligned with where you want to go. Exactly. And that, that vision, that, that's why that vision statement is so important, is because it pretty much becomes your your defining document. And then when you, you know, when, when for instance, uh, if you're looking at this thing and you said we want to be a, a, preempt, or a preemptive litigation uh, law firm, and there's this big effort to go into mediation, which can cause potentially a lot of downstream conflict, you need to look at this and say, guys, no, we've all said, here's what we want to be. This is in direct, uh, potentially in direct conflict with that. Um, and if that's the case we want to be, then maybe we need to spin off, uh, you know, a, you know, an ancillary business or something like this to avoid this kind of thing. And uh, so yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. That's, uh, uh, you know, you, that mission statement or that vision statement is the kind of, of general roadmap that you have and all these goals and so forth, we're, we're you know, if you start to look like you're you're running off down a down a, a bunny trail, you need to get the bunnies back organized and running in the same direction. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, 
let's see, we, you know, a goal, again, we, we, we want these not to be long-winded proclamations. But again, this whole process of keeping it simple and straightforward is exactly what is needed in the strategic planning process so that there's no ambiguity as to the, you know, what is needed to achieve the vision. Um, for a, an example of this goal might be, we'll add to our core competencies, expertise in the area of employment law and intellectual property law, and we'll dramatically expand the geographic service areas in the corporate real estate areas of practice. Okay, now we're not talking about the specifics as to how to achieve this. That's another, that's, that's the next step down the road. Um, you know, this is part of the strategies and the tasks that we'll be talking about. We're talking about based upon our mission, based upon our vision, this, we want to, we want to add intellectual property to our practice. And that's the statement that you're making. We'll, we'll come back later and deal with the details of that. Who is doing what, by when, how much resources are, you know, are going to be involved and so forth. Uh, again, we, we, I, I mentioned to another example of a firm might be to spin off an ancillary business, uh, for instance, a, a mediation practice. Um, a, a goal in that particular sense might be we'll develop a regional mediation practice separate from the law firm and we'll dedicate the necessary resources, financial, physical, and personnel to grow to, to uh, the premier provider of mediation services in central Wisconsin region. Now, that's, that's a pretty you know, straightforward, um, succinct goal. Uh, we're not talking about the personnel that we're going to devote to it. We're not talking about the money it's going to take, the time frame it's going to take, the facilities it's going to take, the technology, the marketing, any of that. That's part of a, you know, more to this. What we're saying is based upon our vision, this is one thing that we want to do. Let's move on. And, uh, this is what the goals are about. They're, the, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, not long-winded, they're not getting into the exact details of this, but we're looking at the vision and we're saying, we're, we're starting that reverse engineering process and saying, to, to achieve our vision, you know, here's what we're going to do to, to achieve that vision. And you know, you know, your goals might be limited. You might have five or six major goals. Uh, if you're a firm of, of 25 or 30 lawyers, it might be more than that. But when you're a small firm, you know, four, five, six major goals like that, it's a pretty full plate. And, it, you know, it's going to take a lot of people resources to, to, to marshal that, that effort and to keep everybody going and consistently fired up. And that's, you know, that's kind of the key to this thing is to have a champion <clears throat> that is passionate about this, <clears throat> this strategic planning process to keep everybody fired up focused and going in the same direction. And it's tougher than, than you might think. As a matter of fact, uh, I'd often joked with the, the co-author that on the text that I wrote on strategic planning uh, for law firms was that I, I could write another book. If, if I were to do this again, I'd write a book saying strategic planning and why it doesn't work. And uh, I've got, most of the reasons are, is that it becomes a drawer liner and there is no accountability and there is no teeth. They They've uh, in the process has de designed a, a champion or somebody that's responsible for it, that they don't give them the authority to be able to, to, to make sure that it happens. And that is just a surefire way to, for this process to, to 
taken a bunch of chargeable hours and converted it into, you know, into touchy feely kind of thing and nothing ever happens from it. It has to be, there has to be teeth in, into this process. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we're talking about long range goals for the firm or the business, uh, you know, one other thing that I think has to be considered is especially for smaller firms is what are the long-term goals of the owner? So if you have a one or two partners, what's kind of the long-term goals individually of them? Because that can also impact where you want to go as well. If this is going to be a five year and sell type item, your long-term goals for the firm are going to be a lot different than if you planned, if you're you know just starting this out and you want to be this, you want to sell this thing in 25 years. So I think it's also important to look at the people, the, the biggest, the big stakeholders in place, depending on the size of the firm, and also look at their goals too, to make sure that they're aligned with what you're building on the, um, on the, on the business side, because there can cause conflict there as well. If you do have um, misalignment. Yeah. The, the conflict that I would see in, in that comment that you just made was if your if your idea is to d- develop and sell in five years, you probably are going to be doing this as an ownership group and, and not with all the stakeholders because that's kind of in conflict with the stakeholders. Uh, what If you're looking to say, <clears throat> I'm going to develop this and we're going to, to bring this to a certain point and now we're going to have to, as a part of this strategic planning process, we are going to have to develop people to be able to, to fill this administrative roles and, and ownership roles and develop these people into the future of this firm so that the firm exists into perpetuity and doesn't, you know, end up being something that, that goes away in in four or five years. And that's going to be something that's going to be very attractive to those young associates and, and the people so that they have some, some uh, sense of continuity and, and uh, uh, ownership in, in essence, kind of, uh, of the, of the firm itself. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the, the big problems, you know, in the course of, of these small law firms and strategic plannings, uh, one of them exists in new business generation. I think we talked about this uh, in other, other podcasts and then you and I on our own. Uh, the, one of the big problems that they have is, is new business generation because oftentimes in law firms, clients are, are one up, you know, and, and then on, and you need to develop more clients on a continual basis. Um, typically small firms don't have organized formal uh, firm-wide marketing plans and this is one of those kinds of things that that when we start looking at facilitating strategic planning meetings we will make sure that we're going to guide and direct the the, uh, the stakeholder group to make sure that this gets into their, their goals um, we want it to be their idea but <laughs> It's going to be our idea that we want for them to come up with and, and, and you know, let it be their idea as well, because it's, it's going to be very, very important that they develop strategies and so forth and test to, to continue on this, this uh, to develop new business. Uh, a goal that, that you might state would be, we will develop a firm-wide formal marketing plan and dedicated res- required resources, both in staffing and funds to support the plan to develop practices consistent within the firm's vision statement. Um, this kind of thing is, can't go just unstated. It's not one of those kinds of things. So well, that, 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 you know, that's, un, 
That's a given, that's understood. It isn't understood. It isn't understood until you document it and you start putting expectations to it. In other words, we want everybody in, in the firm to be marketing at some level. And there's no, there's no reason that the, the receptionist can't be marketing in their own right. I remember when I, I went to work as a, the chief operating officer, I was interviewing uh, for the firm of Matir and Harvard here in Orlando. I came in to, to, uh, to the firm and I was met by this lovely receptionist who made me feel like I was the most important person on earth. And I was thinking, man, if I were a customer come in and that's the way I was greeted, I mean, that is, that is marketing at the very first level, the, mm -hmm. the first opportunity. That's, that's the first impression. And so this is what, you know, part of what, it doesn't just happen. It, it, it just needs to, to be developed. And, uh, and to, in a lot of different things that you want to consider, uh, you know, in your compensation practices as well. And we can talk about that as, as, in, in addition to in the strategic planning process. Um, one of the things that, that is a, a very big topic in probably all kinds of service industries, uh, particularly in law and accounting, is this uh, um, dependence on the, the billable hour model. I know, um, I can't imagine there hasn't been an accounting firm or law firm that hasn't talked about the, uh, billing, the billable hour model versus uh, an alternative billing method. And uh, it's one of those things that, that you're very interested in it or you're not interested in it at all. Um, and it's, it's a difficult thing if you decide, you know, if firms decide to go to make that morph as a part of their goals, uh, that's going to be one area where you're going to have some slugfest, I would assume, um, because it's a very, very difficult, enormous task to, to move from, from one uh, paradigm to the other. Um, and if, uh, in the course of that, if, if a person is thinking or a firm is thinking about moving into that, I, there's a book I would recommend. I uh, attended a, uh, a, a continuing education course in Tampa, Florida one time. And uh, this, this one gentleman, Ronald J. Baker, is a CPA and an author of no, a number of different uh, books. Most, one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Started the meeting off talking about, uh, started the, the conversation. And he says, I'm going to have you by the end of this hour's discussion, or the end of this CPE discussion, having you seriously consider wadding up your timesheets and throwing them into the wastebasket. And of course, the entire room was laughing at him. And uh, by the end of that CPE session, he received a standing ovation. He had to leave to catch on an airplane and they continued uh, the standing ovation until the guy left. So the name of the book is The Professional's Guide to Value Pricing by Ronald J. Baker. One of the best books I think uh, uh, that I've ever read on the topic, and it's extremely well written by this very, very uh, intelligent man. Um, so if, if, if a firm is looking towards doing something, in, or any firm looking towards going into an alternative uh, uh, pricing method and so forth, I, I would suggest looking at that. Uh, that's a difficult area. That's one that, that uh, we, that needs to be discussed a little bit, and then let's see where that where the ownership group takes that because that's probably going to be an ownership decision rather than just generally a, 
a stakeholder kind of thing. Uh, one of the things that's uh, kind of important, I think, is, is a, a compensation system. And that's near and dear to most lawyers. If you ever want to get into, you know, find out what one of the more difficult areas are in a larger firm, it's, it's, it's always their compensation model. Um, in this particular instance, let's just assume that the firm's vision incorporates a compensation system that better rewards new business generation and other forward-thinking efficiencies in the business end of the practice. A goal might state something like, we will develop a compensation system that rewards new business generation, continuing client maintenance and service satisfaction, profitability, and innovative efficiencies in practice equally with production, and a system that includes all employees, not just lawyer staff. That's, a, that's kind of a big statement. And you know, a lot of firms talk about that. Uh, very few, few firms are, are able to figure out a way to incorporate that. There was one that was, uh, I think it was a summit offer out of the state of Washington or something. It was the most impressive uh, story I'd ever read, uh, read on, on how, they, uh, how they treat their, their employees and their people and so forth. It, it, incredibly uh, uh, impressive. Uh, that would be a, an example, I think, of a, of a goal. And now we're not talking about it, again, not talking about the specifics, we're talking about the idea, the, the goal, and so forth. Goals, again, we'll get down to five or six. Um, the, one of the things that we should probably implant now in the strategic planning process, that strategic planning, we're doing this thing because we're probably anticipating growth. And in the course of anticipating growth or planned growth, it should be, uh, I think, readily become apparent that the existing governance will probably be outgrown because, you know, uh, lawyers possess some skills and they, they're absent other skills. And uh, maybe administration of a, of, you know, on a larger scale is not the current owner's skill set. So uh, a goal might be to anticipate that kind of growth and figure the staff that might be best able to handle, um, you know, the, the those kind of issues that that lawyers typically might not be as comfortable with. A goal might be we'll adopt a system of governance that approves the conceptual direction of the firm by approval of the ownership, with resultant policies and implementation charged to the management committee and day-to-day -day operations handled by a professional firm administrator or chief operating officer who answers to the chair of the management committee. And I put that answers to the chair of the management committee in there uh, very purposefully because there's a lot of partners, and many times in a, in a firm, a, a law firm that might have 10 partners and so forth, you cannot have the chief operating officer or the firm administrator answering to, to all 10, even though they're owners, they're not all their boss. There needs to be one point of origin. And uh, oftentimes that's a hard, uh, that's a hard thing for, for some lawyers to give up since they've got their money and time and blood, sweat and tears invested in that. But it's kind of important to do that. So developing a, uh, a goal along those lines to make that clear, I think, you know, and in the strategic planning process is, is kind of an important thing. Um, so with all of this in mind, uh, it's, those goals that we talked about, these five or six goals, and, and there can be more than that, and, and goals are going to be uh, as different as there are, I guess, numbers of people that are out there. 
but that can be a pretty full plate for a small firm. Uh, putting together a strategic plan and so forth, uh, you're going to see that, that you know, just this process of, of the mission statement, the vision statement, and the long-term goals, that part of it, and you know, if having all of the, the, the stakeholders involved in that, this can be a, a three-day a three process. And that's a lot of people out of production for a period of time. So they're, they're investing pretty heavily in making this happen. Uh, it's a pretty full plate. And then there's so much more to do. We, this is just the starting point in the strategic planning process. Uh, and uh, keep in mind your comments to uh, strategic planning being a dynamic process and the goals are subject to change, to be deleted or added to as the circumstances change and the firm and its uh, stakeholders progress. Goals are achieved over time. New goals are likely to take their place and that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, and I, again, I, I go back to that, uh, that one quote, I think it's by Fitzhugh Dodson, that without goals and plans to reach them, you're like a ship that has set sail with no destination. So yeah. you know, that's, uh, uh, I, I think that, that's a, a good place to, 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 to say, okay, now where do you want to go with this? Uh, I think our next uh, podcast will be on uh, starting the thing to get into the nuts and bolts, things, something like law firm governance. Uh, but uh, any other comments uh, on the long range goals before we, before we call it a day? Yeah, I think it's, you know, important to note that we have these goals and these goals are, are things that should be revisited again with everything else that we're talking about. It's not just a set it and forget it. You have to make a, a point that if you want to achieve these goals, we set tasks and we set things ahead of them that help us achieve that. And we did a podcast episode a while back that it talks about using habits to attain your goals. And so the, the, the idea behind it is that goals and anyone can set goals and, but there has to be things that are done ahead of time in order to achieve those goals. And one example of, of this using habits was, you know, you might set a goal that says, I want to read 30 books per year. And that might seem like a, a pretty lofty goal. And you might say, well, you know, I'm not a big reader, so that's hard for me. But you can create a habit in your everyday life where you create this habit that says, I want to read 10 pages per day. Simply put, all you read is 10 pages per day. That's kind of your task or that's that habit that you're creating. And by doing that, if you stick to that, you're going to achieve your goals, not just once, but maybe twice over. So you might read 60 books a year because you're creating these habits and these things ahead of time that help create that long-term goal. So just keep that in mind as we're talking about these goals, they're, they're, they're again, long-term goals. There's things that need to be done, habits that need to be created, tasks that need to be created ahead of those goals to ensure that you are in fact creating those goals or you know, getting to that end point or, or, or getting to that goal, um, a successful goal. Because again, we don't want to create a goal, forget about it, because it just doesn't have, we did, our, our, our firms, our, our businesses don't just make their way to the goal if we put it on paper. Things have to be done. You have to have boots on the ground ahead of time in order to achieve that goal. Exactly. And that is going to be uh, a good lead into to future podcasts because there's going to be discussions along those lines as to taking the goals and making uh, developing strategies to achieve those goals and then developing the tasks from those strategies 
to assign that who was going to do what by when and what kind of resources are going to be required. So we go from the from the mission statement way back here down to the brass tacks of who's going to be doing what, what's going to be, what you know, what is it going to cost and by when do we expect this to be done kind of thing. So that's the reverse engineering in a little bit of a nutshell. It's been a pleasure talking about this and I look forward to, to taking this further. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mike, for coming on. Again, this is this is just our uh, one episode in our you know many episodes that we're talking about this this idea of strategic planning and how to achieve it successfully in your company. So, thanks again, Mike, for coming on. Very much my pleasure. Thank you, Mike. Now, one last thing before I go, we created a Facebook group called "Building a Successful Law Firm" to take what you learn here and dive even deeper. This Facebook group is a place where we share tons of value for free, and you also have the opportunity to bring up situations you are faced with and collaborate not only with our team, but with other firm owners as well. Simply go to Facebook and search for the Building a Successful Law Firm group. Again, it's Building a Successful Law Firm group. I'll see you in there. This has been another episode of the Law Firm Accounting and Tax Podcast from the team at Jetro. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and share with other law firm owners. If you have any questions or future topics you want to hear, email them to tax at jetrotax.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.